Hello, hello out there in computer land and radio land. This is the good old days of radio show with John Tefteller. It is Tuesday, specifically the first Tuesday of the month. And as I announced a little while ago, on the first Tuesday of the month, we're going to go and do a longer program for you. This one is going to run about an hour and a half. There'll be two shows played, an hour show and a half hour show. But the whole purpose of this is the equivalent of family movie night. So uh, now's your chance to pause your computers or whatever, go gather everyone of all ages and bring them to wherever it is you listen to these shows and sit them down. It might work better with the lights out, although we're not playing any scary shows, but it might work better because it's less distracting when the lights are out, but it's up to you. Just just prepare that, and I realize that a lot of young folks today, especially today, have a kind of limited attention span, so I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time doing anything other than saying tonight's radio show, the first one, will be an hour long. If you're familiar with Walt Disney and you're familiar with the film Pinocchio, this one is for you. It's got most of the cast of the original cartoon, and we're going to hear it now. Lux presents Hollywood. The Lux Radio Theater brings you the new Walt Disney feature, Pinocchio. Ladies and gentlemen, your producer, Mr. Cecil B. DeMille. <laughs> Greetings from Hollywood, ladies and gentlemen. This is a night that weaves a spell over the world, a time of reverence and rejoicing, of family reunions and storytelling by the fire. On this enchanted night, we can all believe implicitly in stories like Pinocchio. Walt Disney transformed this old children's classic into a modern classic of the screen, giving new life to the little people. You met him at our microphone last year when we presented Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs. This year, his chair is empty, but he has sent us Pinocchio. Walt is busy getting Pinocchio ready for its national screen release through RKO in February. And besides, Mr. Disney's moving into a fine new studio at Burbank, the house that Donald Duck, Mickey Mouse, and Snow White built. Tonight, we introduce his latest characters for the first time in the house that Lux built. In two years of work on Pinocchio, 500 artists made about two million drawings of such likable people as Pinocchio himself, Jiminy Cricket, the Blue Fairy, and old Geppetto, the woodcarver. The Blue Fairy accomplishes some very wonderful things in Pinocchio, and she ought to feel right at home here, because Lux Flakes, too, has quite a reputation as a doer of good deeds. They're the kind of good deeds that make life easier in your household when Lux Flakes plays the good fairy to our feminine listeners. I feel we can make you see the beautiful color of the Disney picture as we bring you the story and spirit of Pinocchio. It's the spirit of all small boys who'd rather look for adventure than go to school. Now, just put yourself in the place of Geppetto, the woodcarver. Suppose you had made a puppet, a little wooden boy, and then all of a sudden, the puppet began to talk and move about like a real boy. <laughs> I believe you'd be ready for almost anything to happen, and that's the best frame of mind I can suggest for you now. As the Lux Radio Theater curtain goes up, on Act One 
of Walt Disney's Pinocchio. Christmas night. Dinner is over, and you're settled comfortably in your favorite chair beside the fireplace, gazing dreamily into the flames. You're relaxing for the first time today, and you've made a solemn resolution that nothing shall move you from this place for at least three hours. You won't be surprised if, at a time like this, that burnt ember on the hearth should move a little and sit up for you've just noticed that it isn't an ember at all. It's a cricket. And not an ordinary cricket, either. He wears a beaver hat and a long green cutaway coat. And in his hand, he carries a furled umbrella. He sits looking at you out of his large, rather mournful eyes. And then, just as if it were the most natural thing in the world, he begins to sing. If your heart is in your dream no request is too extreme when you wish upon a star your dreams come true I'll bet a lot of you folks don't believe that about a wish coming true, do you? Well, I didn't either, but of course I'm just a cricket singing my way from hearth to hearth. But let me tell you what made me change my mind. One night, a long time ago, my travels took me to a quaint little village. It was a beautiful night. The stars were shining like diamonds, high above the roofs of that sleepy old town. Pretty as a picture. As I wandered along the crooked streets, there wasn't a soul to be seen. The only sign of life was a lighted window in the shop of a woodcarver named Geppetto. So I hopped over and looked in. Inside, there was a nice, cheerful fire burning. Kind of a shame to see it going to waste. So what do I do? I go in. Well, sir, you never saw such a place. The most fantastic clocks you ever laid your eyes on, and all carved out of wood, and cute little music boxes, each one a work of art, and shelf after shelf of toys. And then something else caught my eye. Sitting up on the work table was a puppet. You know, one of those marionette things, all strings and joints. Cute little feller he was, too, all dressed up just like a real boy. But just then I heard a noise. It was the old woodcarver, Geppetto, and his cat, Figaro. I jumped behind the clock just as Mr. Geppetto came over and picked up the puppet. Well, now, it won't take much longer. Just a little more paint and he's all finished. <laughs> I think he'll be all right, don't you, Figaro? Meow. Sure, I paint a smile on his face, see? <laughs> that makes a big difference. <laughs> now, I have just the name for him, Pinocchio. Do you like it, Figaro? No. No? Well, we'll leave it to little Woodenhead. Do you like it, Woodenhead? That settles it. Pinocchio it is. Come on now, we'll try you out. Music professor! Well, sir, was I surprised. Every music box in the place began to play, and Geppetto made the puppet dance. Quite a sight, yes, sir. 
go play your part. Bring a little joy to every heart. Little do you know, and yet it's true, that I'm mighty proud of you. Little wooden feet and best of all, and little wooden seat in case you fall. <laughs> My little wooden head. Oh, you are a cute little fella, and that smile. Well, it must be getting late. I wonder what time it is. Ten o'clock sharp. Ten o'clock. Uh-oh. Come on, we'll go to bed. Good night, Pinocchio, little funny face. <laughs> Look at him, Figaro. He almost looks alive. Wouldn't that be nice if he was a real boy? Oh, well, come on now, we'll go to sleep. Oh, Figaro, I forgot to open the window. Would you do it? Thank you, Figaro. Oh, Figaro, look up there in the sky, see? The wishing star. Starlight, star bright, first star I see tonight. I wish I may, I wish I might have the wish I make tonight. Figaro, do you know what I wish? I wished that my little Pinocchio might be a real boy. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? Just think. A real boy. A very lovely thought, but not at all practical. And with that, the old woodcarver turned over and went to sleep. Well, it was a nice night for it, so I decided to do the same. But just as I got settled in a comfortable position, the room was suddenly filled with starlight. Yes, sir, starlight. And it came right down in a long beam straight from that wishing star. And coming down along that beam, as I live and breathe, was a fairy. Yes, sir, a beautiful blue fairy. When you wish upon a star Shining brightly from afar Anything your heart desires Good Geppetto, you have given so much happiness to others, you deserve to have your wish come true. Little puppet made of pine, wake, the gift of life is thine. What they can't do these days? Why, I can move, I can talk, and, and I can walk. Yes, Pinocchio, I've given you life. Why? Because tonight Geppetto wished for a real boy. Am I a real boy? No, Pinocchio. To make Geppetto's wish come true will be entirely up to you. Up to me? Prove yourself brave, truthful, and unselfish, and someday you will be a real boy. A real boy? That won't be easy. But you must learn to choose between right and wrong. Right and wrong? B but how will I know? How will he know? Your conscience will tell you. What are conscience? Con con what are conscience? I'll tell you, a conscience is that still, small voice that people won't listen to. That's just the trouble with the world today. You see... Are uh, you my conscience? Who, me? Would you like to be Pinocchio's conscience? Well, I... I... Uh, <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. Very well. What is your name? Uh, oh, oh uh, 
Cricket's the name. Jiminy Cricket. Neil, Mr. Cricket. Oh, uh, well, uh, be a little careful with that wand now. Uh, uh, easy does it, my lady. I dub you Pinocchio's conscience, Lord High Keeper of the knowledge of right and wrong, counselor in moments of temptation, and guide along the straight and narrow path. Arise, Sir Jiminy Cricket. Oh, oh, oh. oh look at my clothes. All brand new. Say, that's pretty swell. But, uh, uh, don't I get a badge or something? We'll see. You mean, maybe I will? I shouldn't wonder. <laughs> Make it a gold one? Perhaps. Oh. But I must go now. Remember, Pinocchio, be a good boy. And always let your conscience be your guide. Goodbye. Goodbye, my lady. Goodbye. Well, <laughs> Pinocchio, <clears throat> uh, maybe you and I had better have a little heart-to-heart -heart talk. Why? Well, you want to be a real boy, don't you? Uh-huh. All right, sit down, son. Now, you see, the world is full of temptations. Temptations? Yes, temptations. Uh, you see, there are the wrong things that seem right at the time. But uh, uh, even though the right things may seem wrong, uh, sometimes, uh, sometimes the wrong things uh, may be right at the uh, wrong time or or uh, vice versa, <clears throat> understand? Uh-huh, but I'm going to do right. Atta boy, Pinocchio, and I'm going to help you. And any time you need me, you know, just whistle, like this. Like this? Oh, no, no. Try it again, Pinocchio. Like this? No, son. Now listen. <whistles> That's it! When you get in trouble and you don't know right from wrong, give a little whistle, give a little whistle. When you meet temptation and the urge is very strong, give a little whistle, give a little whistle. Not just a little squeak, pucker up and blow. And if your whistle's weak, yell, Right, take the straight and narrow path, and if you start to slide, give a little whistle, give a little whistle, and always let your conscience be your guide, <laughs> and always let your conscience be your guide. Look out, Pinocchio, don't dance on the table, you'll fall off, you Oh, I knew it, I knew it. Oh, who's there? It's me. There's somebody in here. Whoever you are, where are you? Here I am. Oh, Pinocchio, how did you get down on the floor? I fell down. Oh, you did? You... Oh, you're talking. Uh-huh. No, 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 no. Yes, and I can move, too. No, 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 no. You, you can't. I, I, I'm dreaming in my sleep. Uh, where's water? Uh, a pail of water. That will wake me up. <laughs> Now we see who is streaming. Go on, say something. <laughs> Gee, you're funny. Do it again. You do talk. Yes, the blue fairy king. The blue fairy. Uh-huh, and, and I got a conscience. A conscience. And someday I'm going to be a real boy. A real boy. It's my wish. It's come true. Figaro, look, he's alive. He can talk. Say hello to Figaro. Hello to Figaro. See, didn't I tell you? Isn't he smart? Oh, my little wooden head. My little Pinocchio. We'll make
make you very, very happy here for you are what you always wanted in life. Come on now, it's late. You, you, you must close your eye and go to sleep. Why? Oh, everybody has to sleep. Figaro goes to sleep and, and I go to sleep and besides tomorrow you've got to go to school. Why? Oh, to learn things and get smart. Why? Oh, because. Oh. Good night, my little Pinocchio. Good night. And maybe, maybe someday you'll call me father, huh? Sure. Good night, father. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Good night, son. Now wait, stand still now while I put on your coat. What are those out on the street? Huh? Oh, those. They are your schoolmates, girls and boys. Real boys? Of course, they are going to school. Now, here's an apple for the teacher, and you are ready to go. Now run along. Goodbye, Father. Goodbye, son. Well, sir, there we went, off to school. And where was I while this was going on? Folks, I'm ashamed to tell you, I was asleep. A fine conscience I turned out to be. I should have been right with him. You see, I'd heard about a couple of bad characters around that town. One fellow by the name of Honest John. And say, was he a bad one? He was as sharp as a fox. Yes, sir. Looked like a fox, too. Uh, kind of a long face like a fox. And say, come to think of it, I guess he was a fox. And, well, you see, this Honest John had a stooge by the name of Gideon, a dumb alley cat. And between the two of them, they were a pretty tricky pair. Well, when I thought about him that morning, I tell you, I just shivered all over. Imagine innocent little Pinocchio on his way to school with Honest John and Gideon roaming the street. Oh, Gideon, my boy, listen. The merry laughter of little children wending their way to school. <laughs> Thirsty little minds rushing to the fountain of knowledge. <laughs> ah, school, a noble institution. What would this stupid world be without school? <laughs> well, 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 Giddy, look at that billboard. Stromboli and his marionettes. Hmm. So that old rascal's back in town, eh? <laughs> Remember, Giddy, the time I tied strings on you and passed you off as a puppet? <laughs> <laughs> we nearly put one over on the old gypsy that time, eh? <laughs> good morning. Ah, oh, good morning, good morning. Well, look at that, Gideon. A little wooden boy. Ho, ho. Now, who ever heard of a wooden boy? A live puppet without strings. <laughs> Gideon, look, it's amazing. A live puppet without strings. Why, a thing like that ought to be worth a fortune to someone. But who? Now, let me see. I know. Scromboli. Why, that fat old faker would give his eye to... Listen, Gideon, if we play our cards right, we'll be on easy street. Or my name isn't Honest John. Quick, after that boy. <laughs> here, here, stupid. Put that mallet away. Don't be crude. Let me handle this. Ah. Oh. Ah, oh, my little toddler. Well, permit me to introduce myself. J. Worthington Fowl Fellow. A fine day, isn't it? Yes, sir. Well, well, well. Quite a scholar, I see. Look at his books, Giddy. A man of letters. I'm going to school. School? Oh, yes. Oh, then you, uh, you haven't heard of the easy road to success? Uh-uh. No? Huh. I am speaking, my boy, of the theater. Bright lights, music, applause, fame. Fame? Yes, and with that personality, that profile, that physique, 
Why, he's a natural-born actor, eh, Giddy? <laughs> but I'm going... Straight to the top. Why, I can see your name in lights. Lights six feet high. What is your name? Pinocchio. Pinocchio. P-I-N-U, P-I-N-O-U-O-K. <laughs> but we're wasting precious time. Come, on to the theater. An actor's life for me. A high silk hat and a silver cane. A watch of gold with a diamond chain. Hi diddly day. An actor's life is gay. It's great to be a celebrity. An actor's life for me. Hi diddly That's when I finally caught up to him. The three of them, arm in arm, walking down the street. Just as they were passing by, I grabbed hold of Pinocchio and pulled him behind a tree. Psst, Pinocchio, it's me, Jiminy Cricket. Oh, hello, Jiminy. Where did he go? Uh, quiet, Pinocchio. Now, quiet. Pinocchio. Don't answer him, Pinocchio. Pinocchio. Now, listen. But, Jiminy, I'm going to be an actor. All right, son. Take it easy now. Remember what I said about temptation? Uh-huh. Well, that's him. That feller there. Oh, no, Jimmy. That's Mr. Honest John. Honest John? All right, then. Here's what we'll tell him. You can't go to the theater. Say thank you just the same. You're sorry, but you've got to go to school. Uh-huh. All right. a boy. Here they come, Pinocchio. Now, you tell him. Little boy. Woo-hoo. Oh, well, well, there you are. Well, now, let me see. Where were we? Ah, yes. On to the theater. Okay. Goodbye, Jiminy. Goodbye. Goodbye? Huh? Goodbye? Hey, wait a minute. Pinocchio, hey, come back. Wait a minute. Hi, An act is life for me. A wax mustache and a beaver coat. A pony cart and a billy goat. Hi, diddly dum. An actor's life is fun. You wear your hair in a pompadour. You ride around in a coach and four. You stop and buy out a candy store. An actor's life for me. <laughs> in just a moment, Mr. DeMille brings you Act Two of Pinocchio. In a charming home out in Westwood Park this morning, a very pretty scene took place. The sun was pouring through the long, broad windows of a pleasant living room, lighting up the Christmas tree in its welter of packages. The family was gathered round, John and Peg, and their two small children eagerly opening presents. Oh, Mommy, look! I got a choo-choo! I got a choo-choo! Look, Mommy, my doll can say Mama! Children, children, not quite so much noise. Any more presents? Here's just one more, and it's for Mother. Here you are, Peg. Thank you, John. Oh, Mommy, I wouldn't have What is it? Look at the box. I bet it's a ring. It is. Oh, John, you angel. A beautiful pearl ring. Read the card, Mommy. For the lovely hands of the loveliest woman I know. John, darling, I think I'm going to kiss you. <laughs> but you really shouldn't have done it, dear. Well, well, then you shouldn't have such beautiful hands, sweetheart. They ask for jewels. <laughs> and me, a staid old married woman. Oh, just a darling little homebody. <laughs> Who washes dishes every day. Now that, Sally, was a homey-loving scene that might happen anywhere. You know, Mr. Ruick, I don't believe there's anything that touches a woman quite so much as knowing her husband adores her. His love is so precious. And, and made up of so many little things, Sally. Yes, her hands, for instance. In a way, the appearance of a woman's hands doesn't seem important. But oh, how very important it really is. One of the big little things that makes for happiness. And that's why Lux flakes are so important an item in the household. For Lux helps a woman do dishwashing and other soap and water tasks 
and yet helps keep her hands looking dainty and feminine. You know, so few of us can afford maids, but that's no reason why we should look like drudges. And Lux Flakes enable us to do our own work, wash our own dishes, and yet help our hands stay attractive. And now, Mr. Ruick, I'd like to say to our audience that I hope they've all had and are having a very happy Christmas. A wish, Sally, in which I join you. Now our producer, Mr. DeMille. Act Two of Pinocchio. As we dream beside the fire, where the flames cast dancing patterns on the hearth, we wait politely for our friend the cricket to continue his story. He's paused to allow a large round tear to roll down his cricket face. But now he rouses himself, and pulling a red silk bandana from his coattail pocket, he blows his cricket nose. Well, it was my fault. I should have known better. Maybe if I'd been with Pinocchio when he first met those two Sharpies, I could have stopped it. But there he was, an actor in Stromboli's marionette show. I went to the show that night to see him. I hid in a tree near the wagon they used as a stage. And near the end of the performance, Stromboli came out. Ladies and gentlemen, to conclude the performance of this great show, Stromboli, the master showman, that's me, and by special permission of the management, that's me too, is presented to you something you will absolutely refuse to believe. Introducing the only marionette who can sing and dance absolutely without the aid of strings. I hope so, the only and one Pinocchio. Hmm. What a build-up. Go ahead, Pinocchio. Make a fool of yourself. Then maybe you listen to your conscience. To make me fret or make me frown I hit strings, but now I'm free There are no strings on me Hi-ho, the Mario That's the only way to be I want the world to know Nothing ever bothers me I got no strings, so I have fun I'm not tied up to anyone They got strings, but you can see There are no strings on me They like him. He's a success. Maybe I was wrong. Well, I guess he won't need me anymore. What does an actor want with a conscience anyway? Goodbye, Pinocchio. Goodbye. Goodbye. I got the little strings, but I got the little brain. I buy a new suit, and I gotta get a cane. I eat the best, and I drink a champagne. I got the new strings on me. 185. 195. Bravo, Pinocchio. They like me, huh? Oh, 200. You are sensational. You mean I'm good? 300. You are colossal. Does that mean I'm an actor? Sure, I will push you in the public's eye. Your face, she will be on everybody's tongue. Will she? Watch this. Counterfeits. Oh, for you, my little Pinocchio. Here, I give it to you. Oh, for me? Gee, thanks. I'll run right home and tell my father. Oh, home. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Going home to your father. 
That is a very comical. I'll be back in the morning. <laughs> Come here. Be back in the morning. Going home. <laughs> there. This will be your home. This a nice little cage where I can find you always. No. No, no. Yes, yes, yes. To me you are belonging. We will tour the world. A Paris, a London, a Monte Carlo, Constantinople. No, no. Yes. We start tonight. You will make lots of money for me. <laughs> and when you are growing too old, you will make good firewood. Let me out of here. I gotta get out. You can't keep me Quiet! Shut him up before I knock you silly. Good night, my little wooden gold mine. No, no. Wait, let me out. I'll tell my father. Get up. sitting by the roadside in the rain when Stromboli's wagon passed by. And I felt pretty blue. I thought, well, there he goes, sitting in the lap of luxury, the world at his feet. Oh, well, I can always say I knew him when. I'll just go out of his life quietly. I would like to wish him luck, though. Sure, why not? I'll catch the wagon and slip under the door. Pinocchio, Pinocchio, it's me. Your old friend, Jiminy, remember? Jiminy! <laughs> oh, gee, am I glad to see you. Say, hey, what are you doing in that cave? What did he do to you? Oh, he was mad. He said he'd push my face in everybody's eye. Yeah? And, and just because I'm, I'm a gold brick, he's going to cut me into firewood. Oh, is that so? Oh, listen, he stopped the wagon. Now, don't you worry, son. I'll have you out of here in no time at all. But how can you? There's there's a great big lock on the oh, cage. What's a lock to a guy like me? Didn't you ever hear of picking them open? Jiminy Valentine, my friends call me. Of course, I, I've never tried to make a living at it. I, uh, <clears throat> uh, it's kind of rusty. You mean you can't open it? I'm, I'm afraid not. Looks pretty hopeless. It'll take a miracle to get you out of that cage. Hey, look up there, Pinocchio. That star, see? It's the wishing star. And here comes the lady, the blue fairy. Oh, what will she say? What will I tell her? Well, you might tell her the truth. Quiet now. Why, Pinocchio. <laughs> Hello. And Sir Jimin. Well, this is a pleasant surprise. <laughs> Pinocchio, why didn't you go to school? School? Well, I well, go was... Go ahead. Go ahead and tell her. I was going to school to, till I met somebody. Met somebody? Uh, yeah, uh, two big monsters with big green eyes. Hey, Pinocchio, what's happening to your nose? Monsters? Weren't you afraid, Pinocchio? No, ma'am. They tied me in a, in a big sack. Pinocchio, your nose is growing. So they tied you in a big sack. And where was Sir Jiminy? Jiminy? Uh, they, they put him in a little sack. <laughs> Pinocchio, I tell you, your nose is branching out like a tree. And how did you escape? I didn't. They chopped me up into firewood. Oh, oh, look, my nose. What's happened? Looks like a plum tree to me. Perhaps you haven't been telling the truth, Pinocchio. Perhaps. Oh, but I have every single word. Oh, oh, please, please help me. I'm, I'm awfully sorry. You see, Pinocchio, a lie keeps growing and growing until it's as plain 
as the nose on your face. She's right, Pinocchio. You better come clean. I'll never lie again. Honest, I won't. Please, Your Honor. I mean, uh, Miss Fairy, give him another chance. For my sake. Will you, huh? I'll forgive you this once. But remember, Pinocchio, a boy who won't be good might just as well be made of wood. I'll be good. I, I promise. Very well. But this is the last time I can help you. Oh, I'm free! Oh, thank you! Goodbye, Pinocchio. Goodbye, Sir Jiminy. Goodbye. Goodbye. Uh, goodbye. Goodbye, Miss oh, Goodbye, Fairy. <laughs> oh, Jiminy, my nose. Yeah, it's back to normal again, and, and you're free. Come on. I'm free. I'm free. Hooray! Yes, sir. There we were. Free as the air and on our way back to Mr. Geppetto's. But little did we know, little did we know that even then, no, the new deviltry was hatching. Down in a waterfront dive known as the Red Lobster Inn, Honest John and his crony Gideon sat drinking beer. With them was a companion, an evil-faced, leering coachman. Hi, diddle-dee-dee, an actor's life for me. It's great to be a celebrity, an actor's life for me. <laughs> and the dummy fell for it, eh, Gideon? <laughs> he still thinks we're his friends. <laughs> and did Stromboli pay? <laughs> Plenty. That shows you how low Honest John will stoop. <laughs> now, Coachman, what's your proposition? Well... How would you blokes like to make some real money? Like this, maybe. And whose throat do we have to... Uh... No, 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 nothing like that. You see, I'm collecting stupid little boys. Stupid little boys? Yes, you know, the disobedient ones. What play you give from school? Ooh. And you see, listen. And I take them to Pleasure Island. Oh, to Pleasure Island. Pleasure Island? But the law, no, suppose... No, no, There's no risk. They never come back as boys. <laughs> now, here's where you come in. Oh, yes, sir. I've got a coach load leaving at midnight. Yes. We'll meet at the crossroads. Yes, yes. And no double crossing. Oh, no, no, no. Scout around. And any good prospect you find, bring him to me. Yes. I knows what to do with him. <laughs> Hurry up, Pinocchio. We want to get home, don't we? Sure, and you know what, Jiminy? I'm turning over a new leaf. I'll make good this time. Well, you'd better. I will. I'm going to school. That's the stuff, Pinocchio. Come on, I'll race you home. All right. Ready. On your mark, set, go. Come on, Pinocchio. I'm afraid that you've tripped over my cane. Oh, please, Mr. Ernest John, let me go. i got to be Jiminy home. Just a minute, my little man. And how is the great actor today, I eh? don't want to be an actor. Strong boy was terrible. He was? Yeah, he locked me in a, in a cage. He did? Uh-huh, but I learned my lesson. I'm oh, going... Oh, my poor, poor boy, you must be a nervous wreck. Oh, well, we must diagnose this case. Come, Dr. Gideon, quick, your notebook. <laughs> now let me feel your pulse, little man. Oh, bless my soul, mm -mm 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 -mm. just as I thought. Bucolic semilunar contraptions of the flying trapezes. Mm -mm -mm. Now, hold your tongue. Hold your tongue and say, 
hippopotamus. Uh-huh. Trans uh, compound transmission of the pandemonium. Even worse, close your eyes. Now, what do you see? Nothing. Aha! Uh -huh. I was afraid of that. Now, that heart. Oh! Oh, my goodness! A palpitating syncopation of the killadilla. Quick, doctor, quick, that report. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, that makes it perfectly clear. Oh, my boy. My poor little boy. You, you are allergic. Allergic? Yes, and there's only one cure. A vacation on Pleasure Island. Pleasure Island? Pleasure Island, that happy land of carefree little boys where every day's a holiday. But I can't go. I... Why, of course you can go. Look, I'm giving you my ticket. Here you are, the ace of spades. Guys, thanks Oh, toot, 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 I insist. Your health comes first. Come, the coach departs at midnight. Come along now. Hi, diddle-dee-dee. It's Pleasure Isle for me, where every day is a holiday and kids have nothing to do but play. Hi, diddle-dee-dee. Ah, it's splendid. Pleasure Isle for me. Splendid, splendid. <laughs> Pinocchio! Uh, Pinocchio! Now, where do you suppose he is? Pinocchio! Oh, there he is. He's with that fox again, and they're getting into a coach. It's a coach all filled with boys. Oh, well, here we go again. Peter! Peter! Hello, kid. My name's Lampwick. What's yours? Pinocchio. Ever been to Pleasure Island? Uh-uh. But Mr. Honest John gave me... Me neither. They say it's a swell joint. No school, no cops. You can tear the joint apart and nobody says a word. Honest John gave Loaf me... Loaf around, plenty to eat, plenty to drink. Yeah, and it's all free. Honest John... Boy, that's the place. I can hardly wait. Ho, ho, ho. There it is, boys. Just ahead of with the bridge. Pleasure Island! What a place. Ferris wheels, merry-go-rounds, hot dog stands, shoot the shoots, everything, and all lit up like a million stars. And all for nothing, huh? Sounds fishy to me. Hurry, 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 hurry. Right here, boys, right here. Get your cake, pie, dill, pickles, and ice cream. Eat all you can. Be a glutton. Stuff yourself. It's all free, boys. It's all free. Hurry, 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 hurry. The rough house, it's the roughest, toughest joint you ever seen. Come in and pick a fight, boys. Join the big free for all. Oh, boy, a scrap. Come on, let's poke somebody in the nose. Why? Ah, uh, just for the fun of it. Okay, Levy, come on. Tobacco row, tobacco row. Get your cigars, cigarettes, and chewing tobacco. Come in and smoke your heads off. There's nobody here to stop you. Help yourself, boys. Help yourself. Pinocchio! Say, what's happening around here? All the lights have been turned off. And where is everybody? I don't like the looks of this. Looks like a graveyard. Pinocchio! Hey! Where are you? Pinocchio! Okay, Pinocchio. Are we shooting full or ain't we? It's your shot. Oh, sure. Nice try, kid. Have another cigar. It's on a house. Another one? Okay. Atta boy. Now watch this shot. The eight ball in the side pocket. Hey, Lampy, where do you suppose all the kids went to? Ah, oh, they're around here somewhere. What do you care? You're having a good time, ain't you? Uh-huh, I sure am. Ah, oh, boy, this is the life, huh, Pinocchio? <laughs> yeah, it sure is. Ah, oh, you smoke like me grandmother. Come on, take a big drag like this. Okay, Lampy. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> What's the matter, kid? Losing your grip? Pinocchio! Oh, hello, Jiminy. Oh, so this is where I find you. How do you ever expect to be a real boy? Oh, look at yourself. Smoking, playing pool. You're coming right home with me this minute. Hey, who's the beetle? Oh. Come here, you. Let me go. Put me down. Don't hurt him. He's my conscience. He tells me what's right and wrong. What? You mean to tell me you take orders from a grasshopper? Grasshopper? Look here, you impudent pup. It wouldn't hurt you to take orders from your grasshopper, uh, uh, your conscience, if you have one. Yeah, 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 sure. The screwball in the corner pocket. That's you, Beetle. <laughs> Why, you young hoodlum, I'll knock your block off. I'll tear you apart and put you back together again. I oh, tell don't you... Don't hurt him, Jiminy. He's my best friend. Huh? Your best friend? And what am I? Just your conscience. Okay, that settles it. Goodbye. But, but Jiminy... You buttered your bread, now sleep in it. But Jiminy Lampwick says a guy only lives once. Lampwick? Huh. I've heard enough about him. Goodbye. Come on, come on, let him go. You're shot, Pinocchio. Goodbye, Jiminy. Lampwick. Hmm. Lampwick. Well, that burns me up. After all I've tried to do for him... I've had enough of this. I'm taking the next boat out of here. Hey, hey, what goes on here? Where did all those donkeys come from? Come on, you blokes, keep it moving. Load those jackasses on the ship. We haven't got all night. Hey, coachman, where did all those donkeys come from? Come on, come on, let's have another jackass there. One coming up. Hello, jackass, and what's your name? Okay, you'll do, in you go. You lads, I'll bring a nice price. <laughs> All right, next. One coming up. And what might your name be? Alexander. Mm, so you can talk, eh? Yes, yes, sir. I want to go home to my mama. Take him back. He can still talk. Please, please. I don't want to be a donkey. Let me out of here. Quiet. You boys have made jackasses out of yourselves. Now fight for it. Boys, so that's what they brought them here for. They're changing them into donkeys. Oh, Pinocchio! Pinocchio! <laughs> to hear that beetle talk, you'd think something was gonna happen to us. Conscience. Ah, fooey. Where does he get that stuff? How do you expect to be a real boy? What's he think I look like, a jackass? You sure do look, Lampwick. You're growing long ears and, and a tail. <laughs> <laughs> hey. Hey, you laugh like a donkey. <laughs> hey, did that come out of me? I think so. Hey, what the... Hey, what's going on here? I got hoofs and a long snoot. Oh, I've been double-crossed. I'm turning into a donkey. Help! Help! During our short intermission before Mr. DeMille brings you Act Three of Pinocchio, we turn the microphone over to Miss Libby Collins, our exclusive Hollywood reporter. 
What have you found for us this week, Libby? Well, as a matter of fact, I found there's quite a lot of truth in the saying, the Colonel's lady and Judy O'Grady are sisters under the skin. Mm, that needs explaining, Libby. Well, you know, women are knitting from Maine to California these days. And believe it or not, the Hollywood actresses are just as enthusiastic about it as women anywhere else. I've seen Joan Crawford knitting between scenes on the set of Strange Cargo. It's one of Myrna Loy's favorite occupations. And whenever Rosalind Russell has a free moment on her hands, out comes the knitting bag. Movie stars and extras, script girls and secretaries, they're all doing it. I think Sally here has caught the fever, too. I saw her knitting away at something just the other day. What's it going to be, Sally? Why, the sweater, Mr. Ruick, a white one. It looked pretty nice to me, but uh, it's going to take a lot of washing to keep it white, isn't it? <laughs> oh, that doesn't worry me a bit, Mr. Ruick. It'll be easy to do with Lux Flakes. The same kind of care leading motion picture studios give their washables. Talk about sisters under the skin. Motion picture studios use Lux Flakes. So do women everywhere. Whether they knit sweaters or buy them. Or get them for Christmas presents. Those sweaters deserve nice care. Don't use hot water on them. Don't rub them with cake soap. And don't use soaps with harmful alkali. Just squeeze your sweaters gently through lukewarm Lux Suds. That's good sound advice. And it goes for the other nice woolens people get for Christmas, like socks and mittens and scarves. If they're safe in water alone, there's no harmful alkali in gentle Lux Flakes to hurt any color or fabric that's safe in plain water. When you use Lux, you'll find it's so pure, a little goes a long way. Lux is thrifty. We pause now for station identification. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. You are listening to Pinocchio on the Lux Radio Theater from Christmas Day, 1939. Actually, two months, almost a full two months before the film was released to theaters. They did mention that at the beginning, but I want to reemphasize it. Um, Disney sent this uh, actors and uh, characters over to CBS to do this a full two months before the movie. I guess the idea was to get people to and in anticipation that the film was coming out because it was his big answer to Snow White and all that. Okay, so if you haven't already popped up some popcorn, uh, we're going to continue on. So go pop up some popcorn for a second here. We are going to go back and listen to the rest of Pinocchio and I'll have a few things to say when it's over. We continue with Pinocchio. The flames mount higher in the fireplace, and Jiminy Cricket's excitement rises with the blaze. He climbs to the top of the brass andiron, and there, waving his umbrella about his head, he continues this strange tale. What a situation. Trapped on Pleasure Island, and Pinocchio's ear is growing longer by the second. I grabbed him by the hand. Through the streets we ran, down toward the boat. Then they saw us. They came after us, shouting and shooting and shooting and shouting. We ran up an alley. We jumped over a fence. I could hear them pounding along behind us. They were coming nearer and nearer. And then at last we reached the shore. Jump, I yelled. And we jumped into the water, swimming like mad. And we escaped. I'm on ill. Woo. Really all in. Well... But we got home, and I hid Pinocchio's long ears under his hat, and we walked up the path toward the house. 
Gosh, certainly feels good to be back on dry land. <laughs> yes, it certainly does. Well, here's the house. <laughs> the door's locked. Father! Father, I'm home! Uh, we're home, Mr. Geppetto. Father, it's me, Pinocchio! I'm home to stay! Wait a second. I'll jump up and look in the window. Hmm. What do you see, Jiminy? Well, he ain't there. <laughs> He's gone? Yeah. And Figaro, too. Oh, gosh, maybe something awful's happened to him. Well, don't worry, son. He probably hasn't gone far. Say, look. Look at that star. It's the same one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and that bird flying around up there. Why, he's got a piece of paper in his beak. He, he's dropping it. Get it, Jiminy. I got it. What is it, Jiminy? Why, it's a message. Well, what's it say? It's about your father. Oh, where? Why, uh, 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 it says here uh, that he went looking for you and, and he was swallowed by a whale. Swallowed uh, by a whale? Yeah, uh-huh, a whale. He, a whale? Oh, my goodness. A whale named Geppetto. Oh, he's... Oh, he's... No, Pinocchio, he's alive. He is. Uh, oh, alive oh. where? Well, oh. he, he's inside of a whale at, at the bottom of the sea. Bottom of the sea? Uh-huh. Hey, where are you going? I'm going to find him. Oh, but Pinocchio, are you crazy? Don't you realize he's in a whale? I gotta go to him. Oh, now wait. Listen, son. Uh, this monstro, I've heard of him. He's, why, why, he's a whale of a whale. He swallows whole ships alive. I don't care. Hey, what's that rock for? I'm gonna jump off this cliff with it. Then I'll sink fast. Oh, my goodness. Goodbye, Jiminy. Goodbye. Oh, no. I may be live bait down there, but I'm with you. Come on, let's go. Look out I never knew it was so cold inside a whale's stomach. <gasps> here we are, fishing for days in here and not a bite. The whale must be asleep, I guess. I never thought it would end this way, Figaro, starving to death in the belly of a whale. And poor little Pinocchio, he was such a good boy. It's hopeless, Figaro. There isn't a fish left. If the monster doesn't wake up soon, I, I'm afraid we are done for. Huh? What was that? The monster's waking up. Maybe he's getting hungry. If he is, then we'll have fish. Yes, his mouth is open. He's feeding. There they come, Figaro, tuna fish. Pinocchio, 
Pinocchio, I'm busy. I... Pinocchio! Father! Pinocchio! <laughs> My son! <laughs> My son! <laughs> I'm so happy to see you. Oh, me too, Father! How did you get here? Where's your friend Jiminy? He's outside, I guess. I got caught in that school of fishing. Well, here I am. Oh, my boy, my boy. You came to save me. <laughs> oh. Oh, 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 you are soaking wet. Yes, Father. You, you, you mustn't catch cold. You know you, you, you shouldn't have come down here. Here, here, here. Take this blanket. Let me take your hat. Oh, Pinocchio. What, what's the matter? Those ears. Huh? Ears? Oh, these, <laughs> that's nothing. Look, I got a tail, too. <laughs> Pinocchio, what's happened to you? Well, I... Oh, never mind now. Old Geppetto has his little wooden head. Nothing else matters. Well, well we got to get out of here. Get out? Oh, no, 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 son. I've tried every way. Why, I, 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 I even built a raft. A raft, that's it. Huh? We'll take the raft, and when the whale opens his mouth... No, 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 no. Now listen, son, he only opens his mouth when he's eating. Then everything comes in, nothing goes out. Oh. It's hopeless, Pinocchio. Come, we make a nice fire and we cook some of the fish. A fire? That's it? Yes, and then we'll all eat again. A great big fire! Lots of smoke! Smoke? Oh, yes, sure. Smoked fish will taste good. Quick, some wood! <gasps> Pinocchio, not the chair. Hurry, Father, more wood! But what we'll sit on if We it... won't need it, we're getting out! Getting out, but how? We'll make lots of smoke. Make him sneeze? Oh, that will make him mad. Come on, I'll light the fire. Now get on the raft, Father. <coughs> I, it won't work. Hurry, Father, climb on. <coughs> we never get by those teeth. Oh, yes, we will. I saw the whole thing. I was right outside when that whale sneezed, and that raft shot out like a cannonball. But that didn't end it, no sir. If you sneeze once, you gotta sneeze again, and that's what he did. He started to inhale. What a current. The raft went flying back into his mouth, but it didn't stay there, cause the next thing you know, that second sneeze came. I could feel it coming. The whale was all red in the face. He puffed away up, and then he let go. Out came the raft again, and this time the monster was sore. He started chasing him, fire in his eyes, his teeth flashing and his tail swinging. Pinocchio and Mr. Geppetto paddled like fury. Oh, the shore was only a few yards away, but the whale was gaining. Inch by inch, foot by foot, closer and closer. His breath was hot on the... Uh, hot on the... Uh, oh, he was very close. And just ahead was a big cliff. The raft swung in between two rocks. The whale right behind him. He went straight for the cliff, head on, and he hit the cliff. Where was Pinocchio and, and Mr. Geppetto and, and Figaro? They were washed up on the beach. And when I got there, old Mr. Geppetto was kneeling beside the little wooden boy. Pinocchio was, he was dead. My boy, my brave little boy. Oh, oh gosh, <laughs> don't cry, Mr. Geppetto. He, he was brave and, and we gotta be brave too. <laughs> My little wooden boy, he gave his life that I might live. 
Prove yourself brave, truthful, and unselfish, and someday you will be a real boy. Awake, Pinocchio. Awake. Father, what you crying for? Because you're dead, Pinocchio. No, no, I'm not. Yes, yes, you are. Now lie down. But, Father, I'm alive, see? And, and I'm... I'm real! Oh, I'm a real boy! Uh, you're alive, and you are a real boy! Whoa, 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 a real boy! <laughs> oh, Pinocchio, my dream is really true at last. Oh, gosh. Thank you, Miss Blue Fairy. He deserved to be a real boy and wealth. And here's your reward, too. A badge for Sir Jiminy. Oh, and you didn't forget. Well, will you look at that? A badge. Official conscience. Well, I'll be. <laughs> oh, and it's solid gold, too. Gosh. Thank you, my lady. Like a boat out of the blue, suddenly it comes in view. Upon a star, your dreams In just a moment, Mr. DeMille will tell you about the play which is going to start the new year. But first, Sally, I'd like to know whether Santa Claus treated you well today. Nobly, Mr. Ruick, nobly. <laughs> I got some lovely presents. I'm willing to wager almost anything that some of your presents were lingerie and stockings. As a matter of fact, they were, Mr. Ruick. But how did you know? Well, it's really not fair, Sally. I read somewhere the other day that lingerie and stockings are the most popular Christmas gift for women. Well, they're popular with me, all right. Know what, Mr. Ruick? No, what? Every single one of those precious bits of lace and silk I got, and all my nice stockings, too, are going to be brought up on Lux Flakes. Not one single one of them is going to be washed with harsh soap or rubbed with cake soap, not ever. So there. <laughs> well, you needn't laugh. I love my pretty new presents, and I want them to stay nice-looking a long, long time. Well, Sally, you've picked the right kind of care for them, then. Lux helps fabrics and colors stay new-looking longer. There's no harmful alkali and no rubbing to hurt anything safe in water alone. Don't I know it. That's why I'm so set on never using anything but Lux Flakes. That's good advice, Sally. Mighty good advice. And I hope every woman in our audience will follow it. Now, Mr. DeMille. Here in the Lux Radio Theater... We have regarded it as quite an honor to present Walt Disney's Pinocchio for the first time. And we wish Mr. Disney a highly merited success with his new picture when his new picture is brought to the screen in a few weeks. Next Monday night, we bring a fine actor back to this microphone, Mr. Herbert Marshall. Our play is Sorrel and Son, 
adapted from the popular novel by Warwick Deeping. It's a profoundly moving drama of the sacrifice a father made for his son. Karen Morley will also appear with Herbert Marshall in Sorrel and Son. In your living rooms tonight are some who are there only on Christmas. And I know their presence has made it a happier day for you. Still others may have joined your family circle through the medium of the Lux Radio Theater because they knew that you at home were listening. So to those of our radio family who are at home and to those who are far from home, we send our greetings and our hope that you've enjoyed all the blessings of this Christmas day. And our hope, too, that your prayers will join ours for the restoration of that blessing of 1900 years ago. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace, goodwill toward men. Our sponsors, the makers of Lux Flakes, join me in inviting you to be with us again next Monday night when the Lux Radio Theater presents Herbert Marshall in Sorrel and Son with Karen Morley. This is Cecil B. DeMille saying good night to you from Hollywood. <laughs> Musical numbers for the picture Pinocchio were written by Lee Harleen with lyrics by Ned Washington. Our music was directed by Louis Silvers, and your announcer has been Melville Roy. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System. Okay, Lux Radio Theater Pinocchio from Christmas Day, 1939. Um, Cecil B. DeMille, who was the host of the Lux Radio Theater from the beginning until right around the end of World War II, when there was a big dispute and he left the show. Uh, Cecil B. DeMille was probably the most powerful movie director in Hollywood, uh, responsible for the creation of a whole lot of action and uh, dramatic type type films, and he was called in to host the Lux Radio Theater to bring it that kind of star power along with all the big-name stars that were also attracted to the show. Uh, anybody who was anybody wanted to appear on Lux Radio Theater, and most of them did at one time or another. There were a few that were a little bit too scared to do radio and didn't do it, but most, most did. And we're going to continue on with a show called NBC short story, this one called The Rocket, and it's kind of a good story for uh, the whole family and imagination and things like that. So a little little change of pace from Pinocchio, a little bit more uh, older uh, audience for this one, but still any kid can relate to it. So uh, here we go with NBC theater, The Rocket. Now it's time for short story and Ray Bradbury's exciting drama, The Rocket. But first, let me take a moment to bring you some news about Saturday's top shows on NBC. Tomorrow evening, the Camel Caravan joins NBC. Enjoy a full 30 minutes of sparkling music as provided by Vaughn Monroe, the Moon Maids, the Moon Men, and lovely Shay Cogan. This Saturday, tomorrow, on the premier broadcast, 
The Camel Caravan will salute the University of Connecticut. Make a program note to hear The Camel Caravan tomorrow night. Now, it's Short Story on NBC. NBC presents Short Story. Tonight, The Rocket by Ray Bradbury. Stories in the field of science fiction are usually associated in the public's mind with wildly fantastic juvenile adventures. Yet one of today's most promising young writers has seen fit to concentrate almost exclusively on science fiction material. He is Ray Bradbury, and his sensitive, moving stories have a universal appeal which stamps them as truly great. Listen now to a story of the future, Ray Bradbury's The Rocket. Rocket spattered the concrete launching apron somewhere west of Kansas City. It climbed a fiery ladder and arched eastward over the sleeping land. Lovers looked upward and traced its path with drowsy fingers. The learned astronomers swore academic curses as the brilliant wake-fogged camera plates at Mount Wilson and Palomar and Harvard Observatory. The radar tracking units put their electronic heads together and came to the mathematical conclusion that Flight R-23 was on course at constant acceleration and would reach the orbit of Mars at its scheduled time. The 9 o'clock rocket was on its way. doing up? Nothing. Go to sleep. What are you doing in your bare feet on the cold floor? Nothing. Come back to bed. Later. Later? Six o'clock in the morning, you go to work at the junkyard. Don't be a fool. Come back to bed. It woke me up. What? The rocket? Well, there should be a law. All night, the rockets. I'm going for a walk. Now? Three o'clock in the morning? Leave me alone, Maria. Oh, you're crazy. I know all the time. You think I'm asleep. You walk down by the river to that crazy Bramante who lives in the shack. Please, please don't spoil anything. Spoil? I forbid it. By the right of a wife, I forbid it. Fiorello Bodoni, you come back to your bed. Later, I'll be back later. Go to sleep, Maria. I forbid it. I forbid it. At least take your overcoat... To Mars, to Venus. Well, well, Badoni. Good evening, Bramante. It is. Sit down. The air is clear. You come out for the air? Small house smells of old food. Only for the air? Only the air. <laughs> I prefer the rockets myself. I was a boy when they started. I went to New Mexico to see the takeoff of the first one to the moon. What was it like, the first rocket? Did it take off like these? Did it fly through the night on a fountain of fire? I never saw it. A million other fools came for the same thing. I saw the pictures after. Sixty-five years ago. 
And I've never ridden on one yet. I'll ride up in one someday. Ah, fool, you'll never go. This is a rich man's world. Do we fly rockets? No. We live in shacks by the river like our ancestors before us. Perhaps my sons... No, will... nor their sons. It's the rich who have dreams and rockets. Who rides in that rocket? Vermonty the laborer, but Donny the junk man? Ah. Old man, I've saved $3,000. It took me six years to save it for my business, to invest in machinery. But every night for a month now... You watch I, the rockets. I hear them. I think. Tonight I've made up my mind. One of us will fly to Mars. Oh, idiot. How will you choose? Who will go? If you go, your wife will hate you. For you will be just a bit nearer God in space. I can see the bitterness now. No, no, not Maria. And your children. Will their lives be filled with the memory of Papa who flew to Mars while they stayed here? They'll think of the rocket the rest of their lives and they will be sick with wanting it, just as you are sick now. They'll want to die if they can't go. I'm sick now. Don't show them a goal in the stars, Bedoni. Turn their eyes down to their hands and to your junkyard, not up to the stars. But suppose your wife went, how would you feel, knowing she had seen and you had not? No, Bedoni. Buy a new wrecking machine, which you need, and pull your dreams apart with it and smash them to pieces. Listen to me, Bedoni. There. There in the west. Look at it, Bramante. Climbing fire to the stars. Uh, you haven't listened to me. Well, it gets cold. Good night, Bramante. Sleep well, Bedoni. Fiorello Bedoni stood half-naked in darkness, watching the streaks of fire curve upward into the eternal night. And then he looked down. But the river before him reflected the flaming images of the rockets as they tore away from Earth. And there was no peace. Fiorello? It's all right. Are you cold? No, you should have slept. I can get some hot milk. I don't need it. Maria, I have $3,000. Oh, in the morning. No, now. I have enough to take one of us on the Mars rocket. In the morning. Monty says I should invest it in the business. Forget the rocket. Fiorello, in the morning. Think what you'd see. The media's like fish, the universe, the moon. What? What are you talking about, Fiorello? You'd see the earth in the sky, Maria. I would? I only have money for one of us. If someone is to go, it will be you. Now go to sleep. No, uh, someone should go who could tell it well on returning. You have a way with words. So have you. Maria, it should be you. Oh, in the morning, Fiorello. In the morning. Hey, Papa. Papa, I saw the Venus rocket this morning. Boy, oh, boy. Oh, that isn't the way the rocket goes. It goes zoom. Children, children, listen, all of you. I have enough money to take one of us on the Mars rocket. Yippee! Wait, wait, wait. Only one of us, you understand? Who? Me, Papa. Listen, consider. Only one can go for the whole family. Consider who should it be. Papa, maybe Antonello. She's the girl. You, Fiorello, you. Here, Paolo, give me the broom. The broom? Here, now. I have straws here, all long but one. The short straw wins. Understand? We'll choose. Paolo, 
Choose. Yes, Papa. What is it? What is it? Long straw. Antonello? Long straw, Papa. All right. Two straws left. You, Maria. Oh, no. No. Draw a straw. I don't want to. Draw. Short straw. Well, Mama goes to Mars. Yeah, Yay, Mama, Mama goes to Mars. Congratulations. I'll buy you a ticket today. Congratulations, Mama. You'll tell us all about Mars? I'm glad it was you, Mama. Honest, I am. I cannot go to Mars. Why not? I will be busy with another child. What? It wouldn't do for me to travel in my condition. Is this the truth? Maria, is this true? Yes, it's true. Draw again. Start over. Why didn't you tell me this before? We're talking about the rocket so much. Maria. Who goes, Papa? Uh, Draw again. First, Paolo. Papa, short straw. Papa, short straw. I go to Mars. I go to Mars. That's right. I go to Mars, Papa. I, I... I can go, can't I? Yes. And you'll like me when I get back? Of course. Antonello, will you like me when I get back from Mars? Sure. Sure, I guess. Oh, Papa, I forgot. School starts. I can't go. Draw again. I couldn't go either, Papa. I'm awfully busy. I am too, Papa. None of us can go, Papa. Not alone. We wouldn't like each other after. No, none of us will go. That's best. Ramonte was right. Invest in junk. Oh, never mind, Fiorello. Go on, eat your egg. You don't like it when it's cold. Hey, Badoni! Huh? Badoni! Turn that thing off! Turn off the machine. What do you want, Mr. Matthews? I got some metal for you. Big? Plenty big. What good will it do me? My machinery is falling apart. 20 years old. Now, quit kicking. I had something good. What is it? A rocket ship. No. (laughs) What's the matter? Don't you want it? Yes. Yes, I I want it. It's a mock-up, you know. When they plant a rocket, they build a full-scale model of aluminum. No engines. You might make a little profit boiling it down for the aluminum. I'll let you have it for 2000 I haven't got the money. No? Oh, sorry. I thought I could help you. You said everybody outbid you on junk. I figured I could slip this to you on the QT. Well... I need new equipment. I saved money for that. Oh, sure, sure. I understand. Even if I bought your rocket, I wouldn't be able to melt it down. My aluminum furnace broke down last week. Sure. Well, I'll see you. I couldn't possibly use a rocket if I bought it from you. Okay, okay, sure. But I'm a great fool. I'll take my money from the bank and give it to you. If you can't melt it down... Deliver it. All right, if you say so. Tonight? Tonight. Tonight would be fine. Yes, I'd like to have a rocket ship tonight. Set it down. Look out, look out. Easy, easy. Oh. All right, get the chains off her. Okay, Badoni, you got a rocket ship. 
There was a moon. The rocket was white and big in the junkyard. It held the whiteness of the moon and the blueness of the stars. You're all mine. Even if you never move or spit fire and just sit there and rust for 50 years, you're mine. The rocket smelled of time and distance. It was like walking into a clock. It was finished with Swiss delicacy. He crawled through the airlock and walked through the quiet of the passageway. The dome of the control room looked out over the river. The stars were overhead and the moon. He sat in the pilot's seat and touched a lever. The silence beat into his ears. His eyes were closed and in his mind a hum began. Louder, 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 higher, wilder, stronger, trembling in him, leaning him forward and pulling him and the ship in roaring silence and in a kind of metal screaming while his fists flew over the controls and his shut eyes quivered and the sound grew and grew until it was a fire, a strength, a lifting and a pushing of power that threatened to tear him in half. He gasped. The hum was louder in his brain. On and on and on, his eyes tighter, his heart furious. Taking off, taking off. A jolting concussion pounded in his brain, a thunder of power that was silenced to the ear. His eyes tight shut, he saw the flash of fiery rain in the sky. The meteors, the meteors. There was a silent rush, a still acceleration, a speed of the mind in the volcanic light of the sun. And with eyes tight, blind, seeing through the mind, he sped on to the great red disk hanging in a black velvet sky. Mars, Mars, I see it. Mars! He fell back, exhausted. His shaking hands came loose of the controls and his head tilted back wildly. He sat for a long time, breathing out and in, his heart slowing, slowly... Slowly, he opened his eyes. The junkyard was still there. He sat motionless. He looked at the heaped piles of rusting metal. Take off. Take off. Take off. I'll show you. I'll show you. Frog. Frog squatting in the junkyard. I'll show you. I'll show you. You won't fly. You won't. I'll show you. Now. Now I'll show you. You'll feel it when the wrecking weights hit you. You'll listen to me when I smash you. This is my wrecking machine. I'm Fiora Lobodoni and I'm going to crack you, smash you up now. 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 silver rocket lay in the light of the moon. The long, slim shape poised in the piles of rusting junk seemed to be moving. The stubby fins seemed swept back by the winds and the hull seemed crouched for the leap into the skies. Fedoni's hand was on the lever that would send the massive weights of his terrible wrecking machine plunging into the thin aluminum hull, cracking, ripping apart this insolent dream, this silly thing for which he had paid his money and which would not move. But his hand stayed. Beyond the rocket a block away stood the yellow lights of his house burning warmly. 
He stepped down from the wrecking machine and went home. And when he came in the front door, he was laughing. <laughs> Maria, Maria, oh, Maria. Fiorello, the children are in bed. <laughs> then wake them, wake them and start packing. We're going to Mars. Fiorello. We're going to Mars. You took our money for this? We're going to Mars. It will never fly. It will fly. Children, children. Papa, is it real? Is it real? Yes, it's real. Can I touch it? Later. Now go to the house, all of you. I have work to do. Tomorrow we leave. Tell no one. Tomorrow we leave. Tell no one. Understand? It's a secret. Oh, you have ruined us. Our money used for this. This thing. Please, Maria, you'll see. Never. Fiorella Bordona, you are a madman. Goodbye. Where are you going? To the house. Someone has to take care of your children. God help me. Through the midnight hours, trucks arrived, packages were delivered, and Bodoni, smiling, exhausted his bank account. Hey, Mac, want to check this bill of lading? Ration, United Space Commissary, Type 34-7, 10 cartons. Space precautionary repair clothing, one set, including a 34 glassine helmet, breather hose assembly, Type 867, shoulder coupling assembly, rubber steel welded. When the dawn light turned the dark, twisted shadows into piles of old plumbing fixtures and auto chassis, the sputter of Fiorello Bodoni's welding equipment crackled through the yard. A pile of crates stood by the rocket, the wood fresh, the stenciled writing spelling out in authorized standard abbreviations, the roadway to the stars. Gee, look at that, Tony. Space rations. Guaranteed seven acceleration rigging. Acceleration rigging? Well, that's so you can take off without being mashed flat. We're really going. Gee. You kids, Paolo and Tonello. Hi, Papa. You kids, get away from the rocket. We weren't touching anything. You've got to be careful with rockets. High tension. Sure, Papa. We thought maybe we could help. Don't you worry. Your Papa's gonna take care of everything. Through the night, the giant arcs brought a lifeless day to the junkyard. The cold blue light was hard. The flash of sparks from the welding machine spurted out like a run of meteors hitting an atmosphere and flaring into nothingness. With welding torch, riveter, and soldering iron, Fiorello Bodoni assaulted the rocket, added, took away, worked fiery magics and secret insults upon it. He bolted nine ancient automobile motors into the rocket's empty engine room. Then he welded the engine room shut so that none could see his hidden labor. And at morning, he came back to the house. Maria, I'm ready for breakfast. No word for your husband? Never mind, I'm not hungry. I have more work to do. The optical equipment was delivered, nested in foam rubber. 
spring-mounted against the tremor of a sharp-turned street corner or the smashing jar of a planet fall. The electric wiring snaked through the shining corridors of the rocket like the thin white branching nerve from brain to spinal cord to muscle. And then the yard was still. The hammer was laid down. The pile of fresh wood crates was gone. The rocket leaned forward, jutting above the mounds of rusting bed springs and countless empty beer cans. At sunset, Fiorella Bodoni came into his house and called to the children. Paolo, Antonello, Miriamni. Children. They will not answer. Why not? I've locked them in the closet. What do you mean? You'll be killed in that rocket. Listen to me, Maria. It will blow up. Anyway, you're no pilot. I can fly this ship. I've fixed it. You have gone mad. Where's the key to the closet? They will not go. Kill yourself. Leave me and my children. Where's the key? I have it here. Give it to me. Oh, no. Give it to me. Leave the baby. Leave me the little girl. No, all must go. Give me the key. Oh, here. You will kill them. Oh, no. Oh, yes, you will. I feel it. You won't come along. I will stay here. You'll understand. You'll see then. Children, come out. Come, follow your father. We'll go to Mars. Come. Goodbye, Mama. Goodbye, Maria. You'll see. Murderer! Children, before we go inside, listen carefully. We'll be gone a week. You must get back to school and I to my business. Listen, this rocket is very old and will fly only one more journey. It will not fly again. This will be the one trip of your life. Keep your eyes open wide. Yes, Papa. All right, we'll go inside. I'll lift you, Miriamni. Stand clear. I'll close the airlock. We're ready now, children. We're going to Mars. Listen. Keep your ears clean. Smell the smells of a rocket. Feel. Remember, so when you return, you'll talk of it all the rest of your lives. Do you understand, Paolo? Yes, Papa. Antonello? Yes, Papa. Mariamni? Yes, Papa. You mustn't loosen the straps or the rubber hammocks. Ready? Ready. Ready. And I'll throw the switches. Now, now we take off for Mars. children, strapped like tiny mummies in the rubber hammocks, screamed as the rocket thundered and leapt. They danced in the webbing, shouting and pointing a hundred ways at once. And then in the port above them, a silver circle floated by, pockmarked with craters, the edge etched sharp against the velvet black. The moon! That's the moon! Look well, children. Remember. The moon dreamed by, the black of space broken by the fierce pinpoints of the stars swarmed around them. And then a flight of fire, a shower of bright flame across the ports. Those are meteors, aren't they, Papa? Aren't they? Those are meteors. Remember. Remember. The hours enveloped them. Time flowed away in a serpentine of gas. The children shouted, their eyes wide, their ears filled with the roar and mighty rumble of the rocket. Papa, Papa, what's that? That green ball, what's that? The Earth. The whole of Earth. Remember it, my little daughter. 
Remember how the ground you'll walk the rest of your life looks from where God sits. The rocket dropped pink petals of fire while the hour dial spun. The child eyes dropped shut. At last, they hung like drunken moths in their cocoon hammocks. Paolo. Antonello. Riomni. Good. He tiptoed from the control room, down the shining corridors where the handholds stood out from the cold walls. And then, before the airlock, he stood a long time. Fearful, hesitating, he pressed a button. The airlock door swung open. The door that leads to space, into inky tides of meteor and gaseous torch, into swift mileages and infinite dimensions. Fiorello Bodoni smiled and stepped out. stood outside the door, and all around the quivering rocket lay the junkyard, rusting, unchanged. There stood the padlocked junkyard gate, the little silent house by the river the kitchen window lighted, and in the center of the junkyard, manufacturing a magic dream, lay the quivering, purring rocket, shaking and roaring, bouncing the netted children like flies in a web. Maria, Maria! It goes well. I must get back now. God, God, let nothing happen for six days. Let nothing happen to the illusion. Let all of space come and go and red Mars come up under our ship and the moons of Mars. Let there be no flaw in the color film. Let there be three dimensions. Let nothing go wrong with the mirrors and screens that mold the fine illusion. Let time pass. God, let us make a trip to Mars. When the children awoke, red Mars floated near the rocket. Look, it's Mars! Look, Papa! Bodoni looked and saw red Mars, and it was good, and there was no flaw in it, and he was very happy. At sunset on the seventh day, Fiorello Bodoni sat before the giant panel and threw ten switches, and the rocket stilled. All right, children, we're home. Mama, we're back! Mama, children, children, sit down. I have ham and eggs for all of you. Mama, you should have seen it. Mars, Mama, and the meteors. And the moon, Mama, you should have seen the moon. Oh, yes. Now eat, all of you. The eggs are hot. Papa, we want to thank you. It was nothing. We'll remember it for always, Papa. We saw the moon and the meteors. We rode on a rocket to Mars. We'll never forget. Oh, eat now. The eggs will get cold. Fiorello, are you awake? Yes. You're the, the best father in the world. Why? Now I see. Now I understand. Is... Is it a very lovely journey? Yes. To Mars? To Mars. 
Fiorello. Yes? Maybe, maybe some night you might take me on just a little trip. Do you think? Just a little one, maybe. Oh, thank you. Good night. Good night. You have heard The Rocket by Ray Bradbury. Our radio adaptation was by Ernest Kenoy. In tonight's cast, the narrator was Stanley Waxman, Maria Margaret Brayton, Bodoni Don Diamond, Bramante Ralph Moody, Paolo Joel Nessler, Antonello David Duval, Miriamni Dorothy Brown, Matthews Kurt Martell, your announcer John Wald. The director of NBC Presents Short Story is Andrew C. Love. Be with us again at the same time next week for our production of James Keene's short story, Dead Man. This program came to you from Hollywood. Tomorrow, Vaughn Monroe joins the other great Saturday shows on NBC. From January 4th, 1952, the Ray Bradbury story, The Rocket. Um, interesting science fiction type thing that didn't get too far out there. All right. This is the good old days of radio show. This is the extended version, but we're done extending for the day. Um, once a month, the first Tuesday of every month, we will do one of these longer versions of the show. So we'll have an hour and a half, a family night type show. On Thursdays, we do the horror shows, the scary shows, so you can leave the kids at home, or leave the kids at home, leave the kids in the other room for that one unless you want to scare them. Uh, and next Tuesday, we'll be back with more drama, variety, and comedy along the lines of what you heard tonight, just a little bit shorter version of the program. So that's it. Uh, make sure you check out the Facebook page, The Good Old Days of Radio Show. Uh, check it out there. Leave your comments there. Um, dialogue with other fans of the shows there. And also make sure that you share this program with as many people as possible so we continue to broaden the audience. All right. Until Thursday with more horror shows or next Tuesday with more drama, variety, and comedy, this is John Tefteller saying goodbye for now. Thank you.